0: in this week's episode we're going to be talking about how you can land high value clients a few years ago i had the pleasure of being flown to new york to oversee some billboards in times square Um, now i've never been to times square or new york before but i was really excited to go particularly as i'd spent the last kind of i'd say 12 weeks um Working with um my team to create these billboards for a variety of clients that would run across the Walgreens building in New York, and what that means is that you've kind of got thirteen campaigns that ran over twelve weeks. but the challenge is that the Walgreens building has thirty screens on it, so each campaign has thirty screens, therefore there's a lot of creative to get done and it's a it was a fairly hectic time but exciting. Um, and like I said, this is uh, this was probably the, one of the most high-profile jobs I'd had to date, especially since kind of leaving advertising and the comfort of working in a big agency. Um, and this was my first time in, in Times Square to actually oversee everything and make sure it all come out good, and make sure I, we were happy and the client was happy. And uh, as a thank you, the client even gave me my own set of billboards on Times Square. And actually, if you, I'll find some images, but you can see a picture of um, my big face on Times square uh and i think i used them to ask gary venture to be on my podcast which he hasn't done as currently as we currently stand so that was enormously successful anyway um what i remember most was one of the clients i was working for was new york dermatology group and as part of kind of the project i was doing which was the colorful project with them they offered me uh, all of their treatments and because i'd had a cold i was given an iv drip and a cryo chamber so a cryo chamber is this thing where they basically freeze you uh, for three minutes uh, to kind of shock your body into producing feel-good chemicals i'm sure there is a technical term for this but i really don't know it but what was fascinating was um after having the meeting i went downstairs to this exquisitely beautiful building uh where they gave me the vitamin drip you know straight in like a, like you have in a hospital which made me feel amazing Um, And then after that, I was frozen to something ridiculously cold, but like I said, for three minutes. So you pick a song, you walk in there, and uh, in your pants, goggles, gloves, and a hat, and you dance around in the cryo chamber for three minutes, uh, so you don't freeze to death, and then you come out. And what this does is, because the freezing process, effectively, all of the blood shrinks to your major organs, and then when you warm up, it sort of flows back into your body. And when it flows back in, it gives you this enormous kind of feel-good rush, Um, and then, you know, that's why you sort of feel so amazing. So the reason why I mentioned it is because when I was due to kind of check on the billboards for the first time, Uh, in New York at the time it was I think probably about minus five or six and I had to march all the way from the NYDG building all the way through up to Times Square and the power this gave me was astonishing. Uh, Anyway so you're, you're marching through New York fully pumped on your own endorphins And I saw these amazing billboards and it's quite an extraordinary thing because, you know, like I said, there is part of me which is looking to go, did it all come out right? Are there any mistakes? I hope that's all okay. And it was all fine, which was great. Um, And the other thing is it's kind of this surreal moment of seeing your work on this enormous billboard and even your face and realising that you're kind of invisible. And there's this strange thing of even though I'm standing by my own billboard, nobody cares because they're all busy taking photos of themselves. And so the whole thing is quite surreal. So I just wanted to mention that because that opportunity came from working with one of my best clients. And that was a client who, you know, is very bold in their kind of outlook. And it's one of those things, it's a really rare opportunity to be flown by a client and given your own billboards to do that. And that only comes with clients who are bold and brave and have big budgets and they want to do these exciting things. And I was fortunate enough to be working with this client for such a long, long time Um and this was kind of when people asked me, how do you land high value clients? One of the things is 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 time and relationships. And when I think back to it, the reason why that they chose me is because throughout the time we'd worked together, whenever he'd given me a job to do, I'd never really let him down. I'd always kind of tried to over deliver. And this was an ethos that uh, myself and my creative partner, um, Bert Grace, who works in advertising, is one of the best creatives in the industry now. Um we kind of set the tone for that. He was very big on this kind of over-delivering when we were working in advertising. And that's really rubbed off and helped me. Because when I started working with this client, um, it was probably, I'd say, 10 years previously on a TV show. It was a football TV show. You can look it up. It's called Football's Next Star. And I did the website for that client. And I did it in iWeb. That's how long ago it was. And you can imagine iWeb, which was a fairly rudimentary website building system but I did everything for him and to kind of give you the idea of kind of when you have to work for these people the kind of what you have to put into it to maintain that personal and professional working relationship I was building his website and doing the kind of Facebook page and all of the email lists and marketing from our hotel room in Thailand before my daughter was born while my son was in the cot So I was getting up in the middle of the night to do all this work so it would coincide when the show was on air on Sky in the UK and making it all happen. And what you kind of realise is if you get used to delivering um, a high level of work and you accept that, well, I've got to go above and beyond because this might lead to an opportunity in the future, you can kind of convince yourself to keep going. And that's certainly what happened here. I was kind of like, well, look, this is an interesting project. I'm really appreciative to be working on it. I like the kind of attitude and the sort of ethos of the client. They're exciting to work with. So I'm going to really push myself. And fortunately, you know, my family is very supportive and they allowed me to do that. And with technology and a laptop, I could work from anywhere. But by doing that and being reliable, what I soon realised was there were so many other people who were working with him who just ended up being let go. And the reason being is that they weren't really prepared to put in that little bit extra effort to get those results. And, you know, this is the core tenant here. If, if, I, if I said, look, I'm on holiday, I can't do it. Or like, well, it, the different time zone, I can't do it. You miss out on that job and you never know where that job will take you. So it's so important to kind of, when you're doing this, to always be giving your best because you never know where that next project might lead as far as someone else might see it or the client you're working with might move on to bigger and bolder things. And so what I'm saying is when it comes to landing high value clients, for me, it comes down to three main things. And there are lots and lots of ways of doing it and you can get very sort of nitty gritty. But for me, I don't find it helpful to be told the kind of um, the very, very granular detail of how to do. All these kind of things, you go into brand perception, marketing, networks, niching, all that, which is all relevant. But for me, I wanted to give you something a much more actionable and much more kind of easy to take away. And the big three things are this. It will always come down to three things, which are reputation, results and relationships. And if you focus on nurturing and improving all of those things consistently, you will get high value clients in the end. And like I said, that if you do it strategically, you'll get them even sooner. Because let's be honest, the problem is if you want to find better clients, it's very, very difficult because they're hard to find. Um, there's a lot of competition for them. And often the the clients we're working with currently, they don't have the same needs that a high value client or like a, a higher client that's working on a bigger project will, will need either. So we can't actually, we can't demonstrate or show that we have the capability to help them with our current clients. And so if we, Don't make the effort to move up. We're never going to evolve beyond that. And we're going to hit this glass ceiling of kind of doing the same kind of work, solving small business problems. And so when they do come across our work or they meet us and really like us, but see what we do, the two things that are going to let us down are lack of experience and lack of track record of actually solving anything more pressing and uh, more you know, more important, which is why quite often these clients will go to agencies who do have that experience. So if you are a small studio or an independent freelancer, that's going to hold you back. So the thing you need to be working on is how can we show people what we're capable of, um, you know, so we get recommended for bigger jobs. And if we kind of want to show that, we can eventually kind of, you know, Show that we're able to match who they currently work with, and we can deliver the same level. And so the challenge is always going to be one, you know, how can we show what we do, and then how can we get on the radar of the client so they can see what we do. And as I said in the beginning, it it comes down to reputation, results, and relationships. So just to expand on that, the reputation is going to be yours. So it's going to be how are you how are you perceived? What is your standing in your industry? Who's going to vouch for you? who have you worked with, what type of clients, what type of uh, places have you worked, all that kind of stuff. So the first thing is going to be working on your reputation. So this is kind of like a PR exercise. And I will break this down and go into more depth. But certainly, if you can think about controlling your reputation, which is typically uh, who vouches for you, who you've worked with, what people think when they come across you, you, like, you know, what do others say about you, that kind of stuff. If you can kind of enhance all of that and master that, then if they are, like I said, recommended, if you are recommended to them and they do a bit of research, what's going to come up? So the first thing is reputation. And this is a consistently evolving, upwardly mobile thing. Because if we're going to break through, eventually we're going to have to keep moving into higher social circles and progressing through them. It's like a team getting promoted continuously through the leagues. You don't want to stay in one too long because you know you'll just you'll hit a glass ceiling or your reputation will be cemented and you'll have worked with all the main clients that are going to, who you're ever going to work with we want to kind of be always upwardly mobile the second thing is results and that comes down to the results that you can get for the client it's very tempting to kind of um produce beautiful work that will wow them and get them in but this is if it's style over substance you're in real trouble so The other thing that high value clients work is they need to know that if they're going to spend money with you, that you are an investment and they're going to get a return on that. And therefore, you need to show that you have the expertise or the experience or the skills needed to achieve the kind of things that they need help with in their business. And too often we are, you know, certainly I fell into this trap of thinking, well, if I just do nice work, they'll come running. And the reality is they won't, because um, if you've ever been a client and hired a freelancer or a designer or a creative you will know that, well, it's, you know, that hard-earned money I've saved up for my budget, I don't want to waste it on someone who doesn't know what they're doing. So being able to kind of demonstrate that you've got that experience and that expertise and you understand how to get results and you have a track record of doing so, so this is, you know, like explaining what you do through case studies, um, you know, having stats to back up what you do, getting awards, having the client share their successes because of you, all of that would come under the results category. Now, as I'm moving through this, you're going to understand that there's overlap here because obviously your reputation is enhanced if your client is winning awards because of your work. So the three things of reputation, results and relationships is definitely an overlapping kind of Venn diagram where you need to be working on all of them. Now, that brings me on to the third bit, which is relationships. And I think possibly this could be the biggest thing, but certainly in life, Mm -hmm. um, it's always who you know is what makes the difference not always what you know. And I know that when I'm talking to my kids and I'm talking to people about, you know, how do you get far? And let's say um, you've got a good portfolio, you've got good grades and you're going for a job. Anyone can kind of match you on that. But what really matters, and this is just a side note, this is what I say to my kids. It's basically comes down to how hard you're prepared to work, how likeable you are and who you know. Because if you know the right people, and they like you, you can get opportunities, but if you're not prepared to work hard, you'll waste those opportunities. Or vice versa, you get given an opportunity because someone you know helps you out. You work really hard, but you're not fun to work with and you're a bit of a dick. They're not going to want you back. So there is this weird thing of like it goes beyond your technical skills and your kind of academic performance. That is obviously important, but your relationships with people and what they think of you are going to be extremely important. And this is You can look at any business, any opportunity, and this is what matters enormously. So when it comes to relationships, it is a couple of things of like it's maintaining positive ones uh, that you currently have in your life. It is also making sure that you are networking and being upwardly mobile and getting to know new people. And getting to know influential people who also know the clients that you want to work with so they can recommend you. Because an introduction or a referral is going to bypass so many gatekeepers and and so much time spent trying to bring them into your sales funnel and do marketing and all that kind of stuff. That If they vouch for you, then that gets you in the door so much quicker. So what I'll do now is I'm going to outline kind of how I feel of kind of things you could be doing Um, to be working on all of those elements in your business and I've broken it down into short-term goals, medium-term goals and long-term goals because a lot of this is overwhelming and as I said in the beginning I don't want to give you lots and lots of stuff to be doing an endless list because that's not helpful. We want to try and put the list in an order that is easy to follow, is manageable and it builds on itself so there's a compounding factor. If I get this done then I can move on to this and eventually the long-term goals will kind of happen. So with this in mind, let's look at what is the short-term goal that you could be doing that is results-based. So I would say you need to focus on getting results for your current clients. So whoever you're working with currently, that's all you've got to be working with. So let's make the most of using them and make sure that we can start to go above and beyond what they need. Because you need to know... What your, so it's the thing of like your current clients have got certain requirements, certain things they're looking for, and your ideal high profile clients have also got something they're looking for in their business. I suspect these problems are more complex and more demanding. So what we need to do is take our current client projects that we've been working on, and we need to kind of go above and beyond what is expected to generate excellent results. And we can use the current projects we're working on with the client to demonstrate our expertise in getting the results that a high-profile client would possibly want. For example, if you're looking to do a branding job and you say, well, I can do the branding and I can do a really nice job with that and the identity, but you go, but I want to kind of work with clients who are going to give me bigger jobs and that will probably involve websites and certainly like content creation. Okay, so that's fine. So if you've done the branding for a smaller client you're currently working with, There's no problem with showing what you would do if given the budget and the time and the responsibility to recreate their website and to maybe do an example of a social marketing campaign. Or you could even ask the client, look, would you be interested in running a Facebook campaign? Um, I'll do it for like cost or like I won't charge much to do it, but I I think if I can do it for you with your limited budget, we might be able to get some amazing results. So the thing here is what you're looking to do is you're kind of you're it's not a spec project. It's kind of bordering on a real project because it has to have that scrutiny. And the problem with spec projects is there is no um, there's no consequences or jeopardy and there's no stats to back it up. It's just usually like a beautiful mock up, which ultimately, once you realize it's not real, all your credibility disappears. So we need to kind of go, okay. Any project I'm working on, I'm going to go above and beyond and I'm going to show the expertise that a high profile client would want. If I'm designing T-shirts for a client, I'm also going to then design the accompanying social media campaign or strategy that would accompany that because a T-shirt brand that is bigger is going to want to work with influencers, micro-influencers, doing content creation, Facebook ads, Shopify stores. They're going to have all these other things they want focus on. And if you show you've got experience and successful experience working with all that, then that you're going to be more appealing. So that's the first point. Your first short-term goal is to focus on getting results for your current clients by using their project to show what you're capable of and then go above and beyond what they're expecting in their deliverables That is going to give you a portfolio where you can build out what was a normal branding job is now a branding and a website job or is a branding and a social media marketing job, whatever direction you want to take it on. um, It could be making like content, like shooting films or whatever it is. Use them as an opportunity to showcase what you could do if you were given the responsibility, budget and brief of a bigger client. The second short-term goal involves reputation, and this is your brand value perception. With this, like anything, you we all understand that certain brands carry certain aesthetics, and if you apply those aesthetics to different brands, you can elevate or you know, reduce the quality perception of that brand. If you take like Mercedes cars and what they look like and their typography and color scheme and sort of general aesthetic, and you apply that to... Uh, mcdonald's you're going to make mcdonald's feel like a high-end brand because the color palette's going to change the typography is going to change the photography is going to change it's all going to elevate it and make it look more expensive even though it's still mcdonald's and this is the brand value perception so we're always judging um, things on what they cost where they are who's using them and all that kind of stuff so You know, if you are Rolex, you're going to sponsor a polo event or a yachting event or, you know, it's going to be a high end event and you're only going to be seen in high end places. There's no point, you you know, going and doing a partnership with Iceland or KFC because it devalues your brand. And it's the same with us. So we need to think about how can we change our own aesthetic to communicate that we are a higher quality outfit and to match the kind of agency and talent that our ideal clients are looking for. And again, you're not looking to do smoke and mirrors um, and sort of fool them and bullshit them and lie and put on logos of clients you haven't worked with and all this kind of stuff. You're just looking to go, what are the type of brands that my ideal client likes and buys and engages with? So if they like Rolex, Mercedes, high end hotels, all that kind of stuff then we need to also adopt that aesthetic so we feel like a brand that would be at home with all the other brands, purely from a visual point of view. This goes on a bit further to, to, you know, you would expand on kind of where you advertise, where you market, who you talk to and all those kind of things. But we have to mimic uh, the look of all the brands that our clients love in what we do so that they are attracted to what we do and we sit within a kind of brand perception of quality that they are already comfortable paying with. And this means you've got to look across everything um, from your, basically your digital presence and everything you do. An example of this years ago, there's a, I was watching Dragon's Den with James Kahn And he gave this example of when he first started out, he wanted an address on Pall Mall. And the reason being is it's because it's one of the poshest streets in London. And he knew that if he could get a business card with his address on that, the perception of him and his credibility would go up through the roof. In the end, after I think he said it took him a year of like, you know, regularly asking, if you got any spare offices I can rent? Someone phoned him back and they gave him a tiny office that he said was like the size of like a cupboard. But it didn't matter because it gave him the address and a receptionist who would answer the phone. He would always meet clients where they were, so he would never have to bring them back to his office. There'd always be an excuse or it's far more convenient for him to pop and see them and this way he was able to change the perception of him and his business and his credibility simply through the address now if he can't deliver on what he's promising his reputation will be damaged and the address becomes irrelevant however he very he understood the importance of like how we look where we are who we do business with and that's what he built so when it comes to your brand think about who you work with what brands they want to work with and who they look up to and mimic that aesthetic so that you fit in it's very very simple and that if you do that it's a bit like vivian in pretty woman when she goes to the polo she fits in but then obviously her character is great and she's kind of doesn't fit in from a personality point of view and that's what makes it all the better and far more attractive but it's the same thing of once we change the way we look we will change the way people see us and that's massively important so do a digital audit of your presence online update your photography You know, genuinely get a photographer to shoot stuff for you, get a copywriter to write your copy, even get a designer to redesign your website. So everything is clean, professional and coherent and all looks the same. And that will make a massive difference. The final short term goal, which is to do with relationships, is working out who is it that your high profile clients follow? Who do they look up to? Because you need to start following the same people so you can be aware of what they're doing. This is as simple as if they look at your social media profile on Instagram and you're following the same people, that will automatically make them think, okay, they're just like me, which again is elevating your status in the eyes of them. Then they check out your website; it all looks really sleek and like, wow, this is a high quality thing. And then when they see your work and that you've shown your expertise, they're like, yeah, you know, this clients might be smaller than usual, but that clearly he knows what he's doing or she's doing a great job with that. Boom, you you've, you're beginning to, you know, they're getting to know you and you're basically sending all the right signals. But we need to do more than this. We need to follow all the people that they follow and we need to engage with them and we need to network at the same places because who you're seen with and where you're seen, again, will adjust people's perception of you. So if you can make sure that you attend the right networking events and you're seen in all the right places, you can absolutely, you know, be one of them. And again, to quote another 80s movie, The Secret of My Success when Brantley, I think he's called, Mark J. Fox's character is networking and his aunt takes him under her wing and she introduces him to all these powerful, influential people at her house. They all love him. He fits right in, but it's her endorsement. That relationship where she introduces him and recommends him, and then he, he's amongst all these people, that is what gives him power and influence because now he's beginning to get to know this high level of of client or business partner and they all know each other. And the fact that you met someone at that event puts you into this status bracket of like, okay, so he's in our group, he's in our tribe, he knows all the same people as me, so therefore I've got a shorthand. And that again is is massively important, because ultimately, we're at this stage where we're trying to break in to this group uh, and win these people over. And this is how we do it. So those are your short term goals. Next up, medium term goals. So these are slightly longer term goals, which when you've done the short term ones, Um, you can then move on towards the medium term goals. So the first one, we're going to start with relationships again, which is get to know influential people at the company of the client you want to work with. This is enormously important because if you know these people and you take them out for coffee or you bump into them at these events, the more people that know of you, that again justifies who you are and vouches for you because there is a kind of credibility in like oh yeah I've met that here that guy he's really great we bumped into him at this event yeah he knows so and so from so and so that's the way people are it's like a shorthand thing if I'm a chef like actually truth be told we hired a chef for our restaurant because he was on MasterChef the Professionals and he got to the quarterfinals I think but that being able to say, oh, he was on MasterChef The Professionals was how we introduced him to everyone. It wasn't about his cooking, his CV, none of it. You know, it was just a case of I had a reference point uh, or, yeah, he's got a Michelin star or he worked under Gordon Ramsay. Or, it's this kind of short-term thing and that's how people behave. They talk to each other. So it's like, oh, he's worked with so-and-so at Saatchi's or he knows so-and-so from DLA Piper, whatever it might be. You need to get to know all the influential people in that company so that when you do get a chance to meet anyone from there, you can basically not give the illusion, but you will be aware of who the main people are, um, what they've been up to. And this is also advantageous generally as an industry point, because if you get to know, say, marketing managers in, in an industry, because they move jobs quite often, if you've got a good relationship with that person, They've just started a new job. They need to bring in people they can trust to get the job done so they look good. They're going to reach out to you. So by the very nature of them switching jobs and changing clients, that will open up opportunities for you. So again, get to know the people at the particular company, but be aware that the benefit of this is if they leave that company and move around, then your connection to them will also move around as well, which is great. Second point, we're going to go with results here, which is find out what they need. And acquire those skills and that knowledge so when before we talked about what are the short-term things where you can take work you're doing with your current clients and kind of show that you've got the skills now you need to be finding out like what is it they really need what are they looking for and you need to then acquire those skills so this might be a case of education so taking courses reading books um anything like that getting awards uh Whatever it might be, there is going to be a point where you're going to have to improve and self-educate and learn skills and knowledge in order to improve generally as a professional. And this is, again, we can't, if if we want to work with the best, we've got to be excellent and go above and beyond because we're going to get found out. And all this work will be for nothing if you do work with that client and then they're like, you failed, you're no good because now... They don't want to use you. Your reputation is damaged. You're not going to get testimonials or case studies and all of this work begins to unravel. So this is a medium term goal because quite simply, if you need to study for a course, which is going to take a year to 18 months to learn or get that qualification, this is a medium term goal. The key thing here is to remember is to kind of work out what is it that um, a high profile client is looking for from your work. And then what do they want from you as a fairly standard um, sort of level of education or expertise and then get it. So you might say, well, I've got to take six months out of my own business to go and work for someone else to understand what it's like to work for these bigger clients. And then I'm going to leave and come back and have that experience. So if I want to work, you know, I might go freelance or like I might take an internship or I might just take a part time job or whatever it might be. You might need to work for someone who's already working for high-profile clients because that will give you access to them. And that access and being in the meetings and looking through the work and the brief and talking to people will give you this understanding of what they need and how complex the jobs are and the budgets available. And that's why it's a medium-term goal. There is a point here where you're going to have to step back from what you do and go and push yourself to get better. And quite honestly, the way you're going to get better is to leave what you're doing go somewhere else, learn something new, and then come back. It's going to be much harder. It's like getting promoted by you move sideways, join another company, get promoted, and then you come back to your old company. It's the same kind of approach. So a medium-term goal there, find out what the skills they need, get those skills, get those qualifications, get that knowledge, get that experience, and then you can begin to sort of showcase that in your work. The final medium-term goal is reputation management. So this is where you would begin to start putting money aside for your own marketing and PR. And you're going to use your PR to build your reputation and your profile. And this is where you're going to get into the respected publications that your ideal client reads or looks up to. So here you're going to actually want to invest in yourself. You're going to put money aside and you're going to say, right, if I can be seen to be interviewed in Forbes or Entrepreneur or, you know, Caffeine Magazine or whatever or Creative Review, the point being is you want to be able to, develop the perception of you as a thought leader by being showcased in all these places where people look up to. Because again, it's that shorthand thing, a bit like the chef, they will introduce you as like, oh, he's one of Forbes, you know, Forbes 30 under 30, or he was featured in Yahoo Finance, uh, Inc, magazine and entrepreneur, or he's worked under whatever it would be. This is where you can begin to deliberately control that narrative by being one of those thought leaders. And all you need to do is look at where do they pay attention? Who do they follow? Who do they look up to? You know, do I need to get a speaking gig at one of their events? Do I need to sponsor their awards? It's going to take money because you're going to have to invest in yourself. But this is, again, it's all an investment. You're building your reputation to work with better high profile clients who can pay you more and give you better, more enjoyable jobs. So a medium term goal to boost your reputation is to control the narrative by paying for good PR. Now we enter the long term goals. So these are the bigger things which I think will kind of take at least 18 months to two years to kind of of doing consistently. Maybe not that long, but it's kind of these are longer term things to be thinking about once you've put the other things in place. First one up, again, we're going to stick with reputation. And that's going to be entering awards. If you need to enter awards, that is a long term goal because you need to have produced amazing work. Then you've got to wait for time to come around so you can enter it. And then you've got to have the money available to pay to enter it, knowing that it might not win anything. So there is a timeline between you get the brief, you do the work, the work's great, you enter the awards. You pay for the awards, the awards come around, you either win or lose. It's a cycle. Obviously, awards come around every year typically, but that's why it's a long-term goal, because we want to make sure that we are um, doing it this way. So we're kind of entering strategic awards. And it's this thing of just being... Uh, nominated for an award can almost be as good as um, you're getting it. I mean, it's not this, quite the same, but you, the amount of film trailers you will have seen with Oscar nominated instead of winning, you, know, there's a, you still look at that actress or actor and go, wow, they're pretty good. So this is the first long-term reputation building is you need to enter awards and strategically. So you need to think about we need to win this award by next year. So how are we going to do that? Well, We need to find a a job we can work on that's going to give us the freedom and opportunity to do award-winning work. That's number one. So that's that's where it all starts. That's why it's a long-term goal. The second is we're going to come back to relationships. So this is where you're doing regular keep in touch. You're staying on the radar of all the kind of deem, you know, your ideal clients. And it's long-term because if you're doing regular keep in touch for like a year... You'll become a familiar face by this stage, and this is the chance for you to kind of deliberately and more strategically ask for introductions and referrals. They'll only come about because you've proven yourself, someone's vouched for you, or you've shown that you've got credibility and you're 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 worth referring. Because any referral introduction, it puts the reputation of the person doing the introduction, you know, on trial. Really, if if you. If you mess it up or you introduce someone and they're an idiot or they argue or fall out, it reflects really badly on that person who made the introduction and their judgment. So people won't want to introduce or refer you until they know, like and trust you. And being known, liked and trusted takes time. That's why it's a long term goal. But at this stage, if you've been doing all the other things well, you should be in a position to ask for those things. And when those introductions and referrals come you know that because you've adjusted your van your brand value perception and you've done case studies which showcase the kind of things that clients are looking for and you've you know you you can say you've got experience and testimonials with the right kind of clients there's all the stuff that they're looking for um it's all there so you're in a really strong position of them going okay so and so's recommended them i've had a look at what they do they seem to be solid let's have a chat so that's how it all works because Up until that point, if your website doesn't work or you're only working with small clients, it doesn't matter how good the introduction is. They're not going to say yes because they will perceive it as a waste of their time because you're just not capable of delivering what they need. The final long-term goal is um, to offer to do spec work for opportunities to work together so you can prove yourself. Now, I said earlier that spec work is not very good because it's not real. And I stand by that. But in this case, what you're kind of doing is pitching to kind of go, look, can I do a freebie for you just to prove I've got it? And the reason why you'd want to do this is sometimes these clients are contracted to other agencies, so they can't work with you no matter how much they might want to. So it's always good to find an opportunity where you go, well, look, how about I do this job? Uh, there's no charge. You don't have to tell people you're working with us, but I just want a chance to prove to you that I can do it. And we've all done this where you kind of, like I said, if if when I was DJing, and i wanted to sort of get booked to run, to do a club night what am i going to do I, you know i've got to basically give them a mixtape or offer to do a session for free to prove to my to them that i'm i'm good and i can say my word and it takes that thing of going look how about i dj for you for the next 3 weeks for free and i'll bring people along and you can see how good i am if you think i'm rubbish i won't i won't come back but i believe that after 3 weeks we'll be in a position to kind of talk about possibly working together after that and that's what you would do. I've done that before. The whole point is that it's this: the risk for them is so low and the win potential for you is so high because, like I said, most people are contracted. They legally can't engage someone else or they're busy or they don't need to. So how are you going to make them pay attention? And the reality is that you're going to have to eat the cost um, and see it as a kind of a bit of a pitch. But we all know that these things work and I don't know, like I said, it's one of these things that that seems to be the easiest and uh, most direct way to prove yourself is to offer to do something for free in the exchange for like and, and, you know, to be heard or to be seen and then have a chat about it. So that is kind of the third long term goal. And the reason why it's a long term goal is because you want to have acquired the skills needed to deliver an excellent result. And that's the thing. If you do this too early on and you can't deliver then you've not only done it for free, but you've damaged your reputation as well. So it's a double negative. We don't want that. So to recap, it's sometimes what you know, but it's nearly always who you know or who knows you, which is going to build your reputation with high value clients. The formula to landing them is always going to be a balance of reputation, results and relationships. And if you're going to stand out and make an impression, particularly on people that don't know you, that you have to go above and beyond what you would normally do with your current clients to prove your credentials, being seen in all the right places with all the right people is key. And you have to take a gamble and prove yourself however you choose to do that with your current clients or pitching for free or doing free jobs so that they will pick you for bigger jobs in the future. And this is it. It's really good. It takes time. Like anything, you know, people have got to know, like and trust you. And then they've got to show, you know, actually you've got to then deliver that you are worth working with. So for me, the tips would be have a clear plan because this thing will take time. So it's, it starts off with just implementing the short, medium and long term goals, like I said. Um, and then you have that you can map them out on a timeline. That's the most useful thing I've found is kind of like, let's go for like three month blocks And like, so we're going to go the first three months, second three months, and then the final three months after nine months, we're probably in a position to kind of work out what's working, what isn't. Stick to that plan. You know, it's going to take probably 12 to 18 months to really see this make an impact. And it is slow and steady. Um, And you're going to be in a position where things out of your control, such as market changes, um, people getting hired and fired, new businesses, All that kind of stuff is always happening. It's a very sort of fluid market. But if you're consistent and you're always showing up and, you know, you will build those relationships and people will get to like you and they will vouch for you. Before you start, always choose clients with a combination of ambition and budget because you need the budget because clearly we all want to get paid well for doing what we're doing. But more importantly, they want to be able to give you a platform to showcase what you do. One of the big things about advertising that I kind of didn't realize at the time, but when you're working with McDonald's or Kellogg's or Nintendo or whoever it is, they have such a massive both production and media budget that they can get your work seen everywhere. And then when you leave and you work with smaller clients who don't have that budget, your work doesn't get seen and that doesn't feel as good. And it's this thing of we want clients who are going to spend money to make things happen because, you know, being on a restricted budget for anything is difficult. But then we want the mentality that they're always wanting to like learn new things, do new things, try new things. And that entrepreneurial mentality is fantastic because once you've proven yourself to this client, when they start new businesses or they do new things, they'll bring you along with the, with them because you've earned their trust. And this is the same with that client. The same Football's Next Star client was the same client that flew me to New York to give me my billboards. He was the one that introduced me to Mydg, which you know, we ended up with partnerships with the UN and Sesame Street. And now we're working on proof of trust and Astra and cryptocurrency and NFTs and all these things. And none of that would have happened if I'd said to him in the very beginning, I'm on holiday, I can't do this job. So I'm a big believer in kind of staying naively optimistic about what you're doing, because you never know, you get with the right client, and they will take you along for the ride. And that's enormously important. And that's it, really. So the final bit I have to say would be like thinking about who you want to work with. So the big thing is always who is that ideal client? Why does that matter for you? What are they looking for from someone like you? Where do they hang out? Who do they look up to? What do you need to bridge the gap from where you are to where they are? And then put that plan together to enact it out. I hope you found that useful. Like I said, I, I've, I feel that that is a kind of fairly accessible overview of how to do it it's certainly how I've done it it involves a lot of kind of patience and hard work and dedication I'm afraid there's no kind of quick fix but if you can do that and you can stay the course and stick to your plan I promise you within 12 to 18 months you will be landing better clients and if you if you stick to this continually it should be a continual kind of upward trajectory as you're actively landing bigger and better clients as you go but part of it remember They have to be clients that you're going to enjoy working with that are going to give you opportunity and pay you well. And in order to win them, like anything, if you wanted to seduce your ideal crush or like win your wife or your husband over or whatever it is, it isn't easy. Part of that whole thing is that when you finally get with them or convince them or end up together, it was worth all the hard work because they were harder to convince and catch because they were quality. And high value, high quality people are scarce. So we need to do a little bit extra to get them. So I hope you found that useful. If you have any questions, I'm always available. You can email me, thad at thadducation.com. Join the Facebook group. And like I said, if you found this um, episode helpful or interesting, please share it. I want to try and help as many people as I can. And that's it. So I'll see you for next week. Have a great week.